0: It's so good to be back. I've been gone for a little bit. We were uh, unfortunately quarantining, and it's good to be back with my family. So I'm just—I've missed all your faces, and I've missed all of you out there. Whether you're able to join us online or you're joining us in person today, it's so good to be um, to remember that I'm a part of a family, that I belong. We're continuing in our study of 1 John, this book, towards the end of your Bible. Uh, If you have your Bibles ready, we're going to read from it in a little bit, but not right now. So grab those. Um, But this week, man, I'm looking forward to the day when I can start saying, this week was fine. (laughs) That wasn't this week. There was another round of layoffs at my office. This is our third round. It's a tough time. It is really difficult for a lot of people. We recognize that. I recognize that, and I feel you in that. And in preparing to talk today, it was also difficult to come up um, with clear, coherent, and logical thoughts, partly because the spiritual environment right now just feels tumultuous. There's a lot of stuff going on. I had to turn off the news this week, um, earlier than usual in the week for me. The quote that did it for me was, Trump ignites a war within the church. And I just had to, I think that was Monday, and I just had to say, God, I need to seek you. My heart for the church is to seek unity and to seek bridges. That's, that's been my heart since I was a kid. I felt called to that. And it was just, it was so challenging. I'm not here to talk about politics today. I just say it was challenging to find the Lord to prepare because right now there is a lot of junk in the air. So today um, I just ask that you leave that, quiet yourself, and listen. Because it's never been clearer to me that we are lost and searching for an identity than in what we see right now. And it reminds me of something we've talked about a little bit here called the orphan spirit. And John is gonna give us an answer to this. But the orphan spirit is something that says that I don't belong anywhere. I don't don't have a home. I don't have an identity. And so it's something that that within us and part of our brokenness that causes us to seek out identity by, um, by compelling us to align with things, to become tribal, to become polarized. And I want to talk to that spirit today. I also want to talk about what Christ's answer to that spirit is, that John reminds us of in his letter And then I want to talk about how that shapes us, and how that forms us. See, the fall of man created a hole in our DNA. It created this hole that needs to be filled, and we're compelled to fill it. We've been trying to fill it since the dawn of time, with substances, with meaning, with philosophies, with new religions. All of these things that we think are going to fill that hole. And they never do. You think of the story of Babel. It's a story in the Bible where um, just after the flood, the people of the earth decide, we're going to build a tower that can never be destroyed by another, another flood, another major event. It's a tower that can withstand the power of God. And so they, they build this tower and they, they believe that they'll be safe. They're searching for some kind of identity that says, um, I have a home here, and it can't be moved. And of course we know, the story goes, it's destroyed. Because it's not a tower, it's not a column, it's not a tribe, it's not some ideology that can give us that home. Only the Lord can. The fall draws us to fight for what's, what, what we think is ours, and then to despise those that have more. The voice of the orphan spirit within us tells us to hate those who seem more secure because we will never be secure. Donald Miller's book, Searching for God Knows What, has a really interesting reflection on this. He says, humans as a species are constantly, and in every way, comparing themselves to one another, which, given the brief nature of their existence, seems an oddity, and for that matter, a waste. Nevertheless, this is the driving influence behind every human's social development their emotional health and sense of joy, and sadly, their greatest tragedies. It is as though something that helped them function and live well has gone missing, and they are pining for that missing thing in all sorts of odd methods, none of which are working. The greater tragedy is that very few people understand they have the disease. They are entirely beautiful people with a terrible problem. And so when we talk about this kind of loss, This kind of um, being an orphan of not having a home, there needs to be something bigger than a tower to withstand a flood. There needs to be something bigger than a human ideology, a human philosophy, a human system to solve that loss of home. Because in some way, we are all orphans looking for a home. And when we are when we accept Christ, we are adopted into a family. I love what Adam said earlier. In fact, I love all of the things we were singing this morning because they're all about identity. But something that Adam said when he was praying was that we are, um, we are who we are not because of how we feel, but because of what Christ did for us on the cross. This act of adoption that comes through salvation is something that gives us an identity. It gives us a home and an answer to that orphan spirit. When we are spiritually homeless, we need God to fill that place in a way that substances, addiction, um, other religions, other things like that, they'll never fill it. If you have your Bible, open with me to First John 3, 1 through 3. This is in continuation of what we've been reading. Where we left off last week, we were talking about um, love and a warning to not love in the world, but to believe in Jesus and the power of truth. And the writer of this, who we presume to be John, starts out chapter 3 saying, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. We'll stop right there for a minute. Just to say that um, this is a powerful message for those of us who don't feel like we belong anywhere. And it takes a little while sometimes to recognize that we are children of the Most High God. When you accept Christ, beyond just being his creation, beyond just being created in the image of God, which is, which is profound enough, we are also accepted and adopted as children. It goes back to, um, to where Jesus tells us to be born again to enter the kingdom. And there's this really interesting language of family that I think is not an accident. Because family is something that's so intrinsically part of who we are. It defines our culture. It defines how we operate in the world and how we see things. It defines the language that we speak. All of these things are a part of family. And so Jesus... And God used this language of family to talk about a new lineage that we're given when we become children through accepting his son. Henry Nowen in, in the book Life of the Beloved, says, Still, I do believe deeply that in order to live a spiritual life, we have to claim for ourselves that we are taken or chosen. Long before your parents admired you or your friends acknowledged your gifts or your teachers, colleagues, and employers encouraged you, you were already chosen. The eyes of love had seen you as precious, as of infinite beauty, as of eternal value. I want to say that one more time because that was instrumental in my walk. The eyes of love, that's God's eyes, had seen you as precious, as of infinite beauty, as of eternal value. It reminds me a little bit of that scene in *Good Will Hunting*, where um, Robin Williams is telling Matt Damon, "It's not your fault." And finally, after you know five minutes of telling him that over and over, he finally breaks and he starts to cry because he realizes the truth of it. And so, I think there's a group of people here today, um, and those of you who are online, there's a group of you who who have never fully accepted that you are children of God. You've never accepted what that entails. You never accepted the power of being a child, the power of being adopted. So this is for you today. John uses this language that's part of um, some of Jesus' last sermons. And in uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 15 and 16, he gives these last talks, or he talks about sonship, and he talks about sitting at the right hand of God. All of this language that is incredibly strange if you don't understand the spiritual power of it the spiritual permanence of it. Because as adopted children, we are seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ and sharing in the spiritual authority that comes with that. Again, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Romans 8. In verse 15, it says, And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, Enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as He rises up within us, our spirits join Him in saying the words of tender affection Beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as He whispers into our innermost being "You You are God's beloved child. 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 And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. This is powerful language. Even in coming up with this, I realized that that I have lost touch in myself with what that means, what it means to be co-heirs with Christ. I've lost touch with that and need to seek more of it. And so also today, I want to talk to those of you who accept that you are children, but you need more. And God has more to give. We go back to John He finishes the beginning of uh, chapter 3 by saying, Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him. For we will see him as he truly is. And all who focus their hope on him will always be purifying themselves just as Jesus is pure. See, adoption is something that absolutely happens right away. But as Adam was praying, sometimes we don't feel that. But we are saved. We are adopted. Just because you may not feel adopted, you may not feel secure, you may not feel as though you have an identity, does not mean that it's not so. But what God promises, and what John writes about in this letter to his friends, is that that time is coming soon when they will feel it. That time is coming soon while every part of them will feel that it is adopted, that it belongs, that it is a child, that it is a co-heir with Christ. Because you can't sit at the right hand of the Father for that long without changing. Becoming a child of God is a catapult into transformation. It's a process that starts. Bill Johnson talks about this, and he talks about the authority that comes as we... As God reveals to us who his son is, adoption is the process of us becoming more and more and more like Jesus every day in the grace of what he has given us. And I love the language that John uses in this letter because it's a process of becoming, it's a being revealed, which means it's a journey. I'm working on uh, <laughs> object lessons, because <laughs> Adam is so much better than I am <laughs> with physical objects. Um, I, have a, I have a little science experiment here to demonstrate a little bit of what this is. For those of you, you who have done elementary science, this is a bottle of, um, of oil and water. And something that's interesting about oil and water is that uh, because of their different densities, I think, they don't coexist. They can't mix. And so even though sometimes it looks like I can mix the oil and the water, as it settles, you can see the oil is floating to the top. I look at this a little bit like the journey of becoming. When I poured the oil into here, it just dispersed all through the water last night. And when I woke up this morning, it was completely to the top, fully clean, the water was clear, It was kind of cool to watch. And there's something that happens within us as well that is like this process. If we look at the oil sort of as the character and the nature of God in us, in the moment of adoption, it becomes mixed into all of who we are. But in the time between now and the full redemption in the coming of Christ, there is a process in which God loves to bring out more and more of his character in us. So if you today are are looking for more of that, be encouraged that that is God's purpose for you. It's not just about this one adoption. It's about giving you a home for the rest of your life. It's about giving you an identity that you can belong to for the rest of your days and become more and more entrenched in. It's about giving you a character you can aspire to, a compassion through Jesus you can can see as a model for how you live. For me, um, in my story of the oil in the water, and becoming more like Christ, it was that I was struggling for many years with self-hatred. And there was a moment when I first came to this church and I was working with Deb Bellevue, and we went through a couple of prayers talking about renouncing self-hatred. And I realized that part of me that had been adopted into love had never accepted that I was lovable, had never accepted that the child in me could be loved. And so I had to go through this process of renouncing that and renouncing the pride that I had that said, "I, I know and I can define for myself that I'm not lovable. And I had to yield to God's definition of me and the way that he saw me as one with his son. If you today are living a life defined by striving to prove that you belong, or you feel the chaos or the noise of the week, I want to remind you today that you do belong, that you do have a family, that you don't need to strive anymore. You don't need to prove that you belong anywhere or prove that you are lovable or prove that you deserve a family. As the worship team comes up, they're going to play a little bit, and I want to pray over us and take a little bit of time to acknowledge the two general groups of people I've talked about today. There are those of you who I believe, I I truly believe there are people right now, um, maybe in this room, but also on the camera, who have never accepted that they're children of God. And so today, if we are to take John's words seriously, today is the day um, I want to pray that over you, that you would see that you are a child, that you would see that you are an heir with Christ, and you would see that you have worth. And then there's a second group of people that, um, that have felt distracted, have felt untethered, have felt unmoored, by where we are, by the difficulty of this time. And I want to pray over you that you would feel tethered again, that you would feel provided for, that you would feel as though you have a good father in the Lord and that you can land. And I know this message is simple because we talk and we sing often about being a child of God, but my prayer is today that the Holy Spirit would breathe through this, that the Holy Spirit would give you deeper truth today. That it's not just me standing up here telling you you're a child of God, but something within you moves, the dam breaks, and you feel it. Or something within you moves, the dam breaks, and you feel deeply connected with him more than you ever have. So wherever you are right now, just join me in prayer. Lord, we make space for silence right now to let our hearts hear from you. out with the old Lord and in with the new today. For some of you, your adoption papers just came. And so Lord, for those of you, or for those here and those watching online who are struggling because they've accepted you, but they do not understand that they are children, that they are heirs. I pray today for breakthrough, that your spirit, who is so faithful to come when we ask, would be invited today to break down walls, walls that need to be broken so that those who hear your voice know that they are your children, that they're no longer slaves to fear They are not given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship and daughtership. That they would take the words of Psalm 139 seriously and know that they have been beloved before time began. They have been known far before the earth was even made. And they have been loved. And just like John wrote as a friend to this church, God, I pray that that the Holy Spirit would speak to those today who have lost touch with their belovedness, who have lost touch with being a child. Would the Holy Spirit speak clearly, speak right now to those who need more of you, that there be baptism in the Holy Spirit today, Sweep this place, sweep every home watching with with your joy. Fill every heart with an identity, God, that comes only from you, that is separate from all of the noise, all of the, the striving and the attempts to fill that hole. And is instead just from you. Bring to the surface your image, Lord, in their hearts. Reveal the anointing oil over them. Let the spirit of truth fall upon them. Amen. We're gonna sing one more song. Um, This one at this point is kind of a classic uh, and it's one of my favorites. This is one that helped me through some really difficult times. We sing, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. This morning, my prayer is that as we sing it, this song is fresh and new to your heart. So let's sing together.